We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon fans, what is going on? Hope everybody is having an awesome day, awesome week. It is Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. We are live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Oregon Football Max Taurus is where you can find us. If you guys are here in the live chat, let me know what you guys are thinking about this Oregon against Arizona matchup. Ducks headed to the desert for a week six matchup with the Wildcats. We are going to be doing our setting the stage episode for this week's game for Oregon. Before we get into today's show, just a couple of reminders we heard from quarterback Bo Nix, running back Bucky Irving, and wide receiver Troy Franklin today following Tuesday's practice in Eugene. If you guys want to go hear what they had to say about this upcoming matchup and some notes uh, from the Stanford game, definitely make sure to check that out. Those are all available on my channel and they are uploaded now. So go check those out if you haven't already. Also wanted to take an opportunity to plug the most recent episode of the Ducks Dish podcast where we did our upon further review of Oregon's win over the Stanford Cardinal. That game, that podcast rather, featured Locked On Ducks host Spencer McLaughlin. Always an awesome time when I uh, get to talk with him and just love the perspective that he has to share uh, about Oregon and Oregon football and college football. So with all of that out of the way, let's hop right into this matchup, setting the stage for number 12 Oregon against Arizona. This is a game on Saturday, October 8th on the Pac-12 Network at 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Uh, That's 5 o'clock out there in Arizona, out in Tucson on Mountain Standard Time um, with, you know, weird little deals there about not observing daylight saving time. I wrote a paper Fun fact, I wrote a paper on daylight saving time when I was in grad school at the U of O, and it was not fun. It was not fun at all. So we have more fun things to talk about than daylight saving time. Uh, But yeah, just kind of uh, let's just get into where these both both these teams are at. Uh, Oregon's coming off of a commanding 45 to 27 win over the Stanford Cardinal to move to four and one on the year with the lone blemish being the Georgia game to start the season out there in Atlanta. But they've really showed those signs of steady improvement on a week-to-week basis since they since they had that rough loss. Um, and then they've also won their first two Pac-12 games with wins over Washington State, which was a dangerous game to start uh, Pac-12 play against. Uh, definitely a, a very 
good sign for Dan Lanning to be able to get that win on a hostile road environment on the Palouse. Then you come back to Eugene and you get that win over Stanford that just really looked outmatched. I thought that uh, Oregon did everything that they needed to do to get that win. They really limited Stanford on offense, and then they really just shined and did what they wanted when they had the ball. But let's talk about Arizona a little bit. Arizona is 3-2 and two overall, 1-1 one one in the Pac-12, and uh, they're coming off of a 43-20 to 20 win over the Colorado Buffaloes. So pretty much everybody's beaten up on the Buffs so far this year. But for Arizona, this is a, this is kind of a dangerous team. I think what's a little interesting when you're looking at their rundown, so you had that win over Colorado last week. You had the a loss to Cal, actually, on the road in Berkeley. The Bears won, the Golden Bears won 49-31. to 31. Uh, So I feel like that is a huge red flag for the Arizona defense. The fact that they let 45, 49 points, they let up 49 points in that game. They got a win over North Dakota State, 31 to 28. And they lost to Mississippi State, 39 to 17. And opened the season just working our way backwards here with a 38 to 20 win over the San Diego State Aztecs. But I think the biggest thing that really catches people's eye when we're looking at this Arizona matchup I actually just reminded myself of something. Um, I put out a tweet just asking you guys, you know, the people who follow me on Twitter, at mTaurus Sports, important to be locked in over there if you're not already, that name right there on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. I put out a tweet asking uh, asking people what catches their eye the most uh, with this Arizona matchup. So I just want to read some of these uh, responses. Uh if we fall behind like we did against WSU, I'm not sure we're going to get lucky and pull off the W. We need to come out and take care of business before the bye and not get caught looking ahead to the back half of the season. That was one response. Arizona run D is not good. They haven't really faced an, a running back uh, like Irving and running quarterback like Nix. This, and this will be a, the best offensive line they face all year. I see another 300-plus rushing game. If they try to stack the box, then that just opens up Franklin, Coda, and Hudson. Just a couple more. Don't want to get into all of these. Just run the ball, control the clock, keep their offense off the field, and we'll finally get out of that state with a W. Um, Let's see. Someone else said, I'm going to keep it tall. I'm having a hard time worrying about other teams with this coaching staff. As long as we don't beat ourselves, I'm good. Uh, And then one more from uh, John Knowlton here. John says, what catches my eye the most is their awesome passing attack and our dismal secondary. If we can't put pressure on the quarterback, it could be a long, long game for the Ducks. So uh, that's kind of just where some of these Oregon fans are at, kind of gauging where they're at heading into this game against Arizona. Definitely a lot of reason to be confident uh, with the way that the season's kind of uh, gone so far. Um, But let's get into a little bit more of this Arizona roster and kind of what kind of team Oregon is preparing to face this week. So the Arizona offense is going to go through some rankings here. They have the number eight rushing offense in the Pac-12 at 136 rushing yards per game. The number two passing attack, which is what everyone wants to talk about, 340 yards per game. Number five total offense at 476 yards per game. Number seven scoring offense with 32.4 points per game. Now let's go through some of the biggest names that you got to know to get ready for this game for Arizona. The, the biggest player that really you know makes the makes the engine hum is 
quarterback Jaden Delora, who of course transferred over from Washington State this past year. He's 125 for 199 uh, on the year passing. That's a 62.8% completion percentage. He's thrown for 1,633 passing yards and 14 touchdowns, averaging 326.6 yards per game. And even though he hasn't really added too much uh, by way of the rushing attack on the ground with his legs, he's definitely a mobile quarterback. And I, I don't think that he's NFL mobile, like we've maybe talked about in the past with uh, Cameron Ward for that Washington State game or with Tanner McKee for the Stanford game. That was an ugly game, but Jane Delora can definitely hurt you with his legs. Like, I feel like he's a legitimate dual threat quarterback. Um, just has a super, super fiery spirit to him when he plays. Um, and, and he's really fun to watch. I love to watch this guy play. Uh, this is definitely one of my most intriguing games for Oregon on the year, especially because I was so high on Arizona and what Jed Fish is building prior to the season's start. Uh, so we got that. And then, but with, with Jaden Delora, I think that he's, he's just really put together uh, a couple of really strong performances so far this season. And I think that he's the reason that a lot of people, myself included, are optimistic about the direction that uh, that Jed Fish has this program going out there in Tucson. Um, so just to kind of go through some of his best games so far this year, it, Jed Fish has asked this guy to throw a lot. Three games with 45 or more pass attempts definitely gives you some air raid offense uh, vibes. Um, he did have that game against Mississippi State where he threw three interceptions and two against California. So I think that he is definitely, I don't know if I would say turnover prone, but he's not the most careful quarterback when it comes to taking care of the ball. So Oregon secondary seems like they keep picking up steam when it comes to forcing turnovers on a week to week basis. You saw how they were also forcing some pretty good pressure, creating some really good pressure rather uh, against Stanford last week. That line was banged up, so kind of hard to take too much from that. But I really liked how they were using Noah Sewell blitzing the quarterback in that one. And uh, DJ Johnson, once he got back into that game, he wasted no time making his presence felt, making an impact, just straight arming uh, the offensive lineman for the Cardinal. And Brandon Dorless had a heck of a game too. So I think uh, this defensive front is definitely primed to have a lot of success. I don't know if Arizona's numbers and rankings within you know, the offenses in the conference are so much due to their offensive line as it is due to how talented their quarterback is and Jaden Delora and how talented their wide receiving core is. And on that note, we got to talk about some of these wideouts because the Dan Landing said yesterday to start the week um, that Arizona might have the most talented at wideout that they faced the entire year, which is pretty insane when you consider that they started the season off playing against the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, if you guys want to listen to what Dan Landing had to say to start off the season or not the season, the week and getting prepared for Arizona. You can find that prep, that press conference on my YouTube channel as well. Um, so yeah, let's look at these wide receivers because they're a huge reason that uh, this offense has really become so potent and so, so explosive. Um, so the big name you got to know for wide receiver is Jacob Cowing. He's, I believe the one of, if not the most experienced wideouts in that room. He was a transfer from UT San Antonio and he was a name that Oregon recruited just this past cycle when they were trying to add some pieces at wide receiver. They obviously ended up adding Chase Coda from UCLA, and he has been 
uh, doing really well, scoring his first touchdown as a duck last week. But Jacob Cowan, 40 catches, team high, 566 yards, averaging 14.2 yards per catch and seven touchdowns. This dude has seven touchdowns through just five games. I think that's pretty remarkable. Uh, and then another newer name that I'm just finding out a little bit about myself as well is uh, Dorian Singer. Dorian Singer is another big option that the Ducks are going to have to key in on for their defensive game plan. And he's, let's see, what numbers does uh, does he have? So Dorian Singer, 32 catches, number two on the team, 450 yards, averaging 14.1 yards per catch. So that's just one tenth of a yard behind Jacob Cowling. These are explosive wide receivers. They like to, to open up the field and go downfield. Uh, one touchdown for Singer. But they're a really, really solid one-two punch. But it doesn't stop there. The name that everybody's going to want to talk about, and understandably so, is Tetairoa McMillan, the highest-rated recruit in Arizona uh, program history. He was a former Oregon commit uh, until Mario Cristobal ended up taking the head coaching job at Miami and Brian McClendon. Followed him there initially before going to Georgia. But Tetairoa McMillan is an absolute matchup nightmare. Super, super tall guy, 6'4", 6'5", California Gatorade Player of the Year coming out of high school. He's got big play written all over him. He just terrorized defenses um, as a high schooler at Servite in the Trinity League. And um, he's going to be someone that they absolutely have to keep their eye on. Only 16 catches for 290 yards and three touchdowns, averaging 18.1 yards per catch. But those three touchdowns show you that he's definitely going to be an option for Jaden Delora as the Wildcats march down the field and uh, look to put some points up on the board. So the the why, the passing attack is really what has everybody's attention when it comes to this Arizona team. What about the run game? Well, the run game isn't overly impressive. Like I said earlier, just number eight in the conference, 136 rushing yards per game. And there's a couple names to know. They kind of have a little bit of a three-headed monster, if you will, They have Michael Wiley, who's their go-to guy, their number one, 51 carries for 287 yards, 5.6 yards per uh, per carry, and three touchdowns. You also got Jonah Coleman, who has 36 carries for 143 yards and two touchdowns. And then DJ Williams, the Florida State transfer, 32 carries for 176, sorry, 170 yards and 5.3 yards per carry and uh, one touchdown. So even though this, these running backs aren't putting up super crazy numbers, I think that they're still someone that, uh, obviously someone that Oregon's going to have to game plan for. You always got a game plan for the running attack, but Oregon should be really confident uh, heading into this game, defending the run against Arizona. Only allowed 127 rushing yards, I believe it was, for uh, that Stanford game. I want to see where Oregon's run defense ranks in the Pac-12 because it's got to be up there at this point okay number two run defense second only to ucla so oregon's defense has definitely answered the call from a running uh, a run defense standpoint but for for oregon it's going to be a real key for them to continue getting pressure on the quarterback and i think one thing that's nice for oregon going into this matchup is that they've faced a couple of different types of quarterbacks so far this season a lot of them have been mobile right you have stetson bennett jaron hall cameron ward Gunnar Talkington, even though he didn't have a great game, he was still had that skill set of some some quickness, mobility, and agility in the pocket, ability to move the pocket. And then you have Tanner McGee, who's you know a little bit more of a pro style guy, running whatever the heck was going on with that mesh offense, the mesh RPO offense 
uh, for Stanford. So I think that it's nice that, that Oregon's been able to face a variety of quarterbacks, give them a mixture of skills that they have to prepare for. And then I think DJ Johnson was talking about, uh, you know, going against Bo Nix and, and practice and then Ty Thompson, some of the other guys that they have in that quarterback room, that's helping them prepare for their opponents for sure. Then those good on good periods, being able to have other talent like that, maybe if it's like a Ty Thompson who isn't playing a whole lot, it still serves a purpose to, to help give you looks for your uh, scout team. You know, their, their look team, I think is what, is what um, Dan Lanning calls it. The look team being the, the team that kind of imitates Oregon's opponent for that week. Um, so Oregon's pass rush, they're, they're steady, steadily improving. I think they have probably about three guys that are proven at a pretty high level, able to get after the quarterback, that being DJ Johnson, Brandon Dorless, and then Noah Sewell as well. Definitely want to see him continue to get used in the uh, pass rush for sure. Uh, because, I mean, you got that guy 6'2", 6'3", 250. When he gets a full head of steam, he is not easy to slow down. So I'm going to be looking kind of rest of the season, maybe in this game a little bit too. Who else can step up for Oregon at pass rusher? Because I think the more proven commodities you can get rushing the passer, that'll only help your defense so, so much. And it'll make harder for these. It'll make it more difficult for these opposing offenses to game plan for just one guy. Um, we're going to take a real quick break here for those of us listening on the podcasting platform. Don't go anywhere. We got more look ahead, early look for Oregon versus Arizona in week six after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
Welcome back to the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. Appreciate you guys that are tuned in here live on YouTube or on replay. Do me a favor and hit that like and subscribe button. It only takes a moment out of your day, and it's a tremendous help. Um, Great way to support the show and the channel. Um, So just kind of wrapping up a little bit on this uh, Arizona offense. I think that they're they're the if, if Arizona can put up points, that's the only way I really see them sticking in this game against Oregon because Oregon's offense has been phenomenal uh, in, in the past couple of weeks. I think that there are a couple of deep shots that you definitely wanted to connect with. If you're a uh, Bo Nix and the offensive staff, the wide receivers, there were those, there were a couple of deep shots in that game against Stanford that kind of looked like they were losing steam on their way down. And uh, they're lucky that they didn't end up being intercepted. But I think that that's kind of the way I could see it. I think Oregon's defense should do a pretty good job uh, containing this passing attack. I think the secondary is going to be facing a huge test, like we've already talked about. Um, But Christian Gonzalez and Bennett Williams are going to have to be really, really integral in the game plan here. Uh, And then you could see Triquez Bridges probably getting some more playing time, uh, some more usage here with the the length of some of these guys like Tetairo McMillan, who I think I said was like 6'4 or 6'5". Um, and then Dante Manning, maybe you could use him a little bit uh, as well as you just try to get more guys in there. Maybe we'll see some more Jaleel Florence as well. Um, Got to keep an eye on how many games those guys have played to see if their their red shirt is still an option. I feel like Florence is probably one of those defensive backs that has burned his red shirt, I want to say, but I'd have to double check on that. So give me some time to, to double check on that one. Uh, I know Kamari Terrell got in the last game against Stanford. So I think this is a game that Oregon should definitely win and they can win. But again, kind of like we said with Stanford, this is a dangerous offense that really they're going to have to keep in check because you can't let them stick around or else they could end up hurting you. So let's switch gears a little bit now and talk about this Arizona defense and Oregon's offense conversely, right? Um, Just some numbers and rankings like we did with Arizona's offense to kind of get you guys up to speed. They have the number 11 run defense in the Pac-12, averaging 213.4 yards per game. Opponents are averaging, I should say. Number three pass defense in the league. Opponents are averaging 187.4 passing yards per game. And the number 11 total defense averaging 400.8 total yards per game. So uh, these, this is kind of what I was saying earlier with uh, you know Cal putting up some points on them, Mississippi State putting up points on them they're definitely vulnerable when it comes to their defense. Number 11 scoring defense opponents are averaging 31.2 points per game against the Wildcats. Some of the big names that you need to know of, uh, you know, of the Arizona defense, they have linebacker, Jerry Roberts, who's a redshirt senior that leads the team in tackles. And then here's a name that I was kind of surprised to to see pop up because I remembered him from uh, covering Oregon on the recruiting trail and all the PAC 12 overlap. It just kind of naturally happens. Uh, being out on the West Coast. Defensive lineman Hunter Eccles, the USC transfer. He's originally from Southern California, Los Angeles area. He leads the team in sacks and he's six foot five, 250 pounds. So that's someone that this Oregon def- offensive line, excuse me, is going to have to have their attention on. I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona wanted to try to move him around the line and kind of see if they can find a weak spot in that offensive line for Oregon, which did allow their first sack of the 2022 season against Stanford, but they are still right up there with the rest of college football for the best offensive lines in the entire country, getting it done on the ground and through the air. So you see that number 11 run defense, that's second to last in the Pac-12, and you think, hey, 
maybe this Oregon offense could be in for an absolute field day running the ball. And when I think about running the ball, I think about Bucky Irving, who has had a wonderful start to the season for Oregon. Uh, let me pull up some numbers here so I can give some uh, some more background. He's Oregon's leading rusher with 362 yards, averaging seven and a half yards per carry. Bucky Irving is not an easy guy to bring down, folks. And he's just set, uh, he's first on the team in yards and carries, 48 being just two more than Noah Whittington at 46. And uh, the number two rusher on the team is actually Bo Nix, who has really, really started utilizing his legs in these past couple of games. Um, and I'm happy to see that because we knew Bo was fast. And I remember Troy Franklin was saying today, like, oh, yeah, Bo can run for sure. Um, the 80-yard the touchdown obviously being the example that everyone wants to point to. And then the way that he's really, really kind of picked his spots, picked his battles when he's running the ball. Uh, down there in the red zone for the Ducks, I think has been awesome. Uh, a lot of these, you know, multi-touchdown performances, four touchdowns, five touchdowns, you're getting a good mix of, of Bo doing damage with his arm, getting these wide receivers involved, getting Troy Franklin involved, who's obviously his number one target now. Uh, got Chase Coda involved on a screen pass last week. Um, Chris Hudson as well. So those are the kind of the main guys that we're, that we're seeing right now uh, through the passing game for Oregon with uh, Troy Franklin leading the way, almost 400 yards so far on the season at 391 uh, off of 24 catches. Chase Cota with 219 yards off of 16 catches so far this year. But uh, Oregon could be in for a big day on the ground. I know so I, one of the Twitter responses that I had read earlier was saying I could see another 300-plus yard game on the ground for Oregon, and I'd say that's well within the realm of possibility for the Ducks in this game, given the momentum that they have with their offensive line. I think, like I said earlier, I think this is another interesting, or I said, I've said in earlier podcasts rather, like that road trip to Wazoo, one of the biggest things was on my mind, what aspects of this Oregon team can travel? What parts of this team can show up on the road in a hostile environment, overcome some adversity, uh, respond when you get punched in the mouth? And the run game has absolutely been one of those things. Um, I think it's just a little bit easier for, most offenses to get into a groove unless you're like an air raid and you really like passing the ball. It's usually easier for offenses to get into a groove on the ground, running the ball. And Oregon has certainly been able to do that with, with Bucky and Noah kind of being that one, a one B they're really getting a lot of the similar usage. And there doesn't seem to be any drop off when those two are in Bucky can also really handle the ball uh, in the passing game as well. He had that huge touch, uh, not touchdown catch, but that huge catch against Washington State on fourth and two that helped keep that game-winning drive alive uh, or you know, taking the lead there late in the game. So that was huge, and I kind of thought that Noah Whittington was going to be a little bit more of that, that receiving threat for Oregon out of the backfield this year. Um, and then Jordan James has been their short yardage guy, right, getting another touchdown against Stanford. And, and Sean Dollar's got a lot of uh, playing time as well. He scored a touchdown against Stanford, so – um, kind of interesting that we still haven't seen uh, much of Byron Carwell at all. Um, I don't think we've seen him since the Eastern Washington game, I want to say. Um, but someone might need to double check me on that. Either way, it's interesting that we haven't seen too much of Byron Carwell uh, after the, the impressive season he had, debut season he had as a true freshman last year. So I think that's really where you want to attack this uh, Arizona team is on the ground. If you can run the ball against Arizona, then you will be able to just do not whatever you want, but it'll obviously open up a lot more uh, in your offense and seeing what's going on there. Um, 
let's see what else uh what else do we have about this arizona defense i know they have a pretty good defensive back um i just need to i'm just trying to figure out what his name was because i'm looking on their stats right now they had a bunch of guys that have been super super active with with pass breakups um they've only had two interceptions the entire year so two interceptions and six fumble recoveries so um definitely decent at at turning the ball over forcing turnovers but it seems like it comes more so in with fumbles than it does with um you know with uh interceptions so uh arizona's defense is definitely not a strength um but i know one of the guys that that stands out to me on their roster he, he hasn't played a whole bunch uh but isaiah rutherford he was a former notre dame commit that oregon was in on uh on the recruiting trail let me just take a look at some of these uh, some of these corners because I want to see if I can give you guys some names to uh, to watch. I already talked about uh, about Rutherford, and then you got Christian Roland Wallace. I think is one of their top top cornerbacks. His name sounds familiar now that I now that I read it out loud and, and see it. Um, he started all twelve games last year for the Wildcats and registered a career high forty eight tackles. That's good and bad, right? We know if um, we know if um, you're tackling a lot, sometimes it means you're getting beat in coverage. Um, oh, we got Ryan in here, Sports Chat five hundred three. What's up, Ryan? Thanks for being here. Shout out to you. Uh, if, I think Ryan's going to be having a live stream later tonight, actually. So I'm glad that I got mine in just before him, uh, so I could uh, you know catch some Duck fans. But once I finish up, make sure you guys head over to his channel and check out his uh, his live chat. Um, always a good time talking Duck football with him. So uh, Christian Roland Wallace, I remember him a lot. He's definitely one of the better defensive backs that you got to keep an eye on uh, for uh, for Arizona. And I think another thing that's it might be a little obvious, but interesting to add here is with with Arizona's number three ranked pass defense. I feel like a lot of that has to come in part because of the talent that they added at wide receiver. Right? We talked about good on good for Oregon. And Dan Lanning talking about the look team and using some of those guys to imitate other teams' top weapons. That's for sure going on in Tucson as well. And uh, with, with guys like T-Mac and, and Jacob Cowing, um, they also brought in Noah Fafita, uh, a really interesting quarterback who's been able to get some play time uh, this year as well um, for them. Um, let's see who else they had. They had a really good tight end, Keen Burnett. He was a ter- Servite teammates with uh, Noah and and Tetiro and McMillan. So they got some guys on this team. I think Arizona, aside from USC, Arizona just might have the biggest overhaul of talent on a single roster in one offseason. I think it was about a third of the personnel it has either departed or come in. So Jed Fish is doing everything he can. Uh, the recruiting is looking up in Tucson. The transfer portal uh, usage has been has been pretty effective, um, and I don't think that this is a team that has sky high expectations necessarily. But you get some good pieces in there, you get some recruits that can buy into what you're selling, and I think that they're, you're definitely setting yourself up for success. Um, you know, you try to get some more guys out of the, out of the talented state of Arizona. That's another side note that I thought was interesting from uh, Dan Lanning's press conference on Monday night previewing this game was he was saying that they're going to do some recruiting out there in Arizona, but he's not too sure yet if he's going to be able to do it himself. But um, a little bit of a change there for this Oregon staff uh, because uh, when they went out to Georgia for that game, uh, that's obviously a super talent-rich area, but Lanning was talking about not really recruiting, just wanting to get everyone on the same page, get familiar 
with uh, you know travel itinerary and the the processes that they go through for for that. So uh, that's a, another thing to keep an eye on because Oregon has three commits in the talented state of Arizona, headlined by Cole Martin, the cornerback at Basha High School. Um, you have Amari Washington as well. And then Michael Gardner, two two of those really talented defensive linemen. They kind of have that body type, that body, that play style that you don't often find out here out west in the trenches along the defensive line position. Um, so I don't want to hype this matchup too much because I think this is a game that Oregon should win commandingly, should win handedly. But if you've been following the Ducks for a while, you know that the desert has not been super kind to them. Uh, Oregon has not won in Tucson since September 24th, 2011. They got a 56 to 31 win over the Wildcats. Um, they have won the last two matchups, but the last time they went to Tucson in 2018, it was a 44 to 15 drumming for Oregon and they were on the receiving end of that one. So Arizona, you know, they, they know how to take advantage of that that road atmosphere. And, and it's kind of probably going to be a Pac-12 after dark game uh, at some point, you know, maybe in the back half of this game. Maybe it'll be, you know, kind of dusk, sunsetting at some point there. Um, let's see here. we got two comments I want to get to. Uh, see me on the big screen says their numbers are inflated due to the quality of teams they've played. Our defense is coming together and we'll pressure this guy and doubt he has a great day passing against us. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I, I think that you know they didn't play the best teams in the non-conference schedule. San Diego State's usually pretty quality out there in the Mountain West. Mississippi State is kind of middle of the road SEC, but still gives you a good look at where you're headed and you know the, the standard of SEC football, if you will. Uh, and they really took it to them, 39 to 17. But I do agree with you. I think that Oregon's defense is coming together, especially in the uh, pass rush. Uh, and you want to keep keep forcing turnovers. I think it's a little bit better if you can get those, uh, you know, through the air with interceptions because it, you know, speaks more to your secondary. But turnovers are turnovers. And you want to take them any way you can get them. Mike says, any word on Justice Lowe? Chances of him getting playing time? Yeah, Justice Lowe is a guy we haven't seen uh, too terribly much of uh, this year in 2022. He is a, a true freshman for Oregon. Uh, he was able to enroll early and take play, take part in spring ball, but. This is really just a crowded room. Uh, if you think about it, the way the pieces that they brought in and this recruiting class and uh, in the transfer portal, if you will, uh, most of these guys are returners that have played some football for Oregon. Uh, but Chase Coda has carved out a big role. Uh, Troy Franklin as well. Uh, and then Chris Hudson and, and Seven McGee hasn't really even gotten in that much usage. So um, I, I don't see it super likely that we're going to be seeing too much of Justice Lowe. But if, if Oregon's able to put Arizona away or put some of these other Pac-12 teams away early, then that gives you a good chance to get some of your younger guys in there, get some, get them some good snaps and help them get adjusted to the speed of the college game. Um, so yeah, just wanted to hop in here, do a quick little set in the stage episode. Uh, appreciate everybody that uh, stopped by on the live chat. Um, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys know the reminders, you know, the rundown, like the video, smash the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you don't miss out on future live shows. And then please do me a favor and share the Ducks Dish podcast with other Duck fans. That is the best way you can support the show uh, and support the channel. But uh, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, make sure you guys check out the Upon Further Review that we did from yesterday. And uh, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, and we'll have our full in-depth preview of Oregon versus Arizona later this week. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Ducks Dish podcast. And we'll see you in the next one. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.